0: Mr. Car- a Empty heart is all I have to bring. into me.
1: Good morning, and thank you for being here in the house of the Lord this morning. Come on in and find a seat. We're going to get started here in just a moment, Um, but thank you for being here. Uh, It's that season of the year. Everybody's trying to get in those vacations because August is next week already, and uh, it won't be long, and kids will be going back to school, right? All the kids are like, uh. We were just talking in the back a couple ladies about how fast the summer goes, Uh, And it it truly does. And so, um, but um, hopefully everybody has had a chance to get away. I was away last week, and it was um, just a good time uh, with my boys and uh, being away. And uh, so I'm just thankful, though, to be back in the house of the Lord. It's not the same, right? I mean, I watched online, but it's not the same as being here together in the house of the Lord. Amen. And so, um, so it's good to be here this morning. I just want to, before we um, step into our time of worship this morning, I just want to remind you of a couple things that are coming up this week. Um, on Tuesday night, we have team night. Uh, and this month, uh, our team night is solely, dedicating to get, solely dedicated to getting ready for what is next Sunday, which is our ministry fair. It's been several years since we've had a ministry fair here in the church. And so for those of you who don't know what that is, Next Sunday, when you come to service, you're going to see our lobby just full of displays and uh, things for you after the service. So you'll come in, but after the service, we'll ask that when you leave, that you stop by the ministry tables. So the ministry fair is so that you can find out the ministries that you can take advantage of here in the church and um, for your kids, for yourself, ministries that you can be a part of and be involved in. It's also a time for you to see if there's a ministry that you want to serve in. And so there'll be information, there'll be people at each of those tables and those ministries to let you know, first of all, how they can serve you, but also how you can serve and be involved. So that's going to be next Sunday right after the service. There's giveaways at all the tables, so make sure you stop by. Um, Also at our our ministry fair, we will start our signups and registration for our Fall Fest. So it has been three years since Fall Fest because we took a year off and then COVID hit. And then we had to take last year off. So this year we are back. However, if you've been looking in the bulletin and you've been paying attention, you will see that Fall Fest is not in October this year. It's in September. And so it's going to be actually also on a Saturday instead of a Sunday. So we are um, planning Fall Fest for Saturday, September the 11th. And that will be from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. If it rains, we will move it to Sunday, September the 12th, and we'll do it our normal Sunday time, which is 3 to 6 p.m. But there will be ministries that are involved, so some of you will be involved in your ministry during that um, event. But some of you um, can help us out by just signing up as a general volunteer. And there's different areas for you to serve in, everywhere from parking to running a game to running uh, something in the food tent um, to – being hospitality, greeting people, doing registration. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity for you to be involved in Fall Fest. This is one of our favorite events here at the church. And so we want you to be a part of it. We want you to come. You'll also be able at the top of that form to pre-register your family so that you're already registered uh, for that event because we do register everyone who comes. So uh, please pray about it because it is our largest event that we do for the community. Um, Our last one, we had about 1,000 people here. Uh, so we don't know what it's going to look like this year because we've taken a few years off, and with everything that's happened over uh, the last year and a half, uh, we're not sure what we're going to expect, but we're going to have a good time no matter what. So um, there'll be um, two barrel trains for all those adults who hop in the barrel train, Randy. There'll be two barrel trains, and we will have our hayride, and we'll have our inflatables, and we'll have our games. So, uh, and free food. Everything is free. We do this completely free for the community. So there will also be donation uh, sheets in the next few weeks, too, um, for things that we'll ask you if we can borrow or you can bring along um, for that day. But we offer this completely free to the community, and we want you to be a part of it um, and help us shine the light of Jesus Christ in our world because they need it. Amen? All right. Would you stand with me this morning? And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Um, pastor Joel, Sister Karen, Mackenzie, they are away with family on vacation, so we want to pray that they have a restful time um, and that they return um, home safely to us later in the week. And uh, so pray for them. And let's pray for a pastor this morning. Um, went back to his office, and he didn't have a very good night of sleep, so I know what that means. It means it's going to be good, because that means the enemy is fighting him. <laughs> so... So um, so let's pray for him this morning that the Lord will give him the strength that he needs to, to minister the word of God and what God has given him this morning. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. God, for the sun that rose this morning, God, for your constant faithfulness, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are not like man. Lord, you don't bend to the left, to the right. You don't get shifted, God, by the waves of this life, but you are totally dependable, and you are steadfast, and you are true, and you are right, and you are just, and you are holy. And God, we thank you today that we can trust, God, every word you have said because you have never vacillated to the left or the right, God. You have never changed, God. You've always been the same. And I thank you for that, God. There's so much comfort and solace in knowing that our God never changes, that our God is always faithful, that our God will always be true to his word. We thank you for that this morning. And that's why we come into this place, God. God, to worship you and to glorify and exalt the name that is above every other name, God. We give you reverence and awe in this house this morning for who you are and who you have always been. And we know you will always be, God. And Lord, in this house this morning, we want to hear the word. We've come here, God, not just to check off something in our weekly list, but, God, we've come to hear and we've come to learn. And we've come to be changed and molded by the Word of God. So we ask that Your anointing would not only be on the speaker today, but on every hearer of the Word, whether it's a man, whether it's a woman, whether it's a boy or it's a girl. God, we ask today, God, that our ears will be anointed, God, that they are the entry point, God. But then that as it moves to our hearts and our spirit, God, that we will take it in, and God will be changed by what we hear in this place this morning. That. Our Our lives cannot continue on the trajectory that they're on. But God, we have to align ourselves more and more with you to our true north God. That's why we've come here. So God, speak to us today. Speak to us in worship. Speak to us through the word. Speak to us in our time of communion and prayer with you in this altar. God, I pray this altar will be full this morning with people that just want to draw closer to you. That realize that each and every day, God, they need you more and more and more. And we can never get enough of you, God. We can never know you, God, enough. God, we need you this morning and we ask you to move in this house. We ask you to touch our pastor and let him be your mouthpiece this morning as if you were speaking directly to our souls today. God, we thank you for the word and we give it reverence in this place this morning. And we honor you, Jesus, for everything that you have done for us. That's why we praise you and we worship you. So be blessed, enthroned, in the praises of your people this morning come in our midst. God, we want to meet with you. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. you are seated on the throne, God, above this earth. God, there is no one like you, Lord. None is higher than you, God. No one is above the king of heaven and earth. God, we give you praise in this house this morning. Lord, you reign. Reign over our lives. this temple built by hands but God and these temples that you have formed and created God be praised and exalted Jesus One more time.
0: because you are Don't you just love to praise him? Don't you love his presence? You are home.
1: sing your praises forever. Some of you this morning, God has loved you so amazingly, and he reached down in your darkest, deepest, dirtiest pit, and he lifted you out. And I know today that there are people in this room, because I feel it, that your heart is about to burst at the love of the Father, that he would rescue you. That he would save you and redeem you and make you his own and call you his child. Because there's no way on earth that man could love you like that. And this morning, I don't know, is there anybody that feels like me right now? I'm about to burst that Jesus loves me that much. I can't wait to sing his praises forever, church. And this is my practice right here. So I am going to get ready because I am going to shout his praise. I'm going to be the loudest one in heaven because I know what he rescued me from. I know the keeping power of Jesus Christ. I know the things that he's done in my family when we thought we were torn apart and I have watched him bless my children. And I am so thankful that my two boys are back there this morning serving God and worshiping him. And it hasn't been any, Worshipping God in the dark night of her soul. And I watch her on this stage week after week give praise to God, knowing that her healing isn't quite there, but it's coming. The victory is coming. It is
0: coming. And she will be healed at home because of God, because of His goodness and His mercy and His love. And that's why I'll sing His
1: praises. I'll sing His praises forever. You will not shut me up. I'm sorry. But you cannot stop a true worshiper and some of you in this place this morning just need to release it it's right there give him your praise this morning give him your worship you can't stop someone that's in love with Jesus you can't stop someone who's been redeemed you can't stop one, someone who's been saved and redeemed from the curse of the pit and sin you can't stop their praises because they know they're unworthy and they know they don't deserve him But they will sing his praise as long as they can here on earth. And then church, we're going to praise him for all eternity. So let's just start it right now.
0: I'll sing.
2: Yes, yes, bless him, bless him wonderfully, just bless his name, bless him today, bless him, bless him with your thanksgiving, your praise, hallelujah, thank you for your presence Lord, thank you for your presence Jesus. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we just bask in the presence of the Lord today. Thank you for the reality of who you are. Thank you that you're our present help, oh God, in difficult and trying times. Thank you, Lord, and we will sing your praises. We'll sing your praises forever, but we don't wait, Lord, till we get to heaven. We sing them now. We bless you now, Lord. We glorify you, Jesus. Give him one more hand clap of praise and bless the glorious name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. You can be seated. I don't know the last, uh, well, I know especially these last couple Sundays, last Sunday, this Sunday, there has just been such a a presence of the Lord in our worship time that has just been amazing, and, and I'm thankful for it. I want you to, to open up and worship the Lord and let God be praised, and as you bless the Lord, as you praise Him, the Scriptures teach us to bless the Lord at all times. That let His praise continually be in our mouths, and somehow God sees that and rewards it. How many believe that? There's something about praising that God rewards the praising and the worship, but God enjoys it when you worship him and bless his name. Our ushers are coming at this time to receive today's tithe and offering. Let me thank you as they're coming for your giving. God bless you so much for your faithfulness and tithes and offerings, and thank you for your faithfulness during these uh, summer months. We appreciate it so very much, and trust the Lord will bless. we. Um, looking forward to some great things that God has in store for us as we continue and move forward in the Lord. If you're here and you this is your first Sunday with us, we'd love for you to take a card out of the back of the pew and fill it out and stop by the Welcome Center afterwards and there's a little token, a little gift to just say thank you for coming and we were honored to have you in the house of the Lord. Could we give as unto the Lord? I tell you what, after that worship you might want to just dig in again and say God, that was really good. I pra- praise the Lord. We don't buy it, but We just want to say thank you for it, right? Amen. We thank him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to give, and I pray, God, as your people sow into the work of the Lord that you will also allow them to reap, God, for they have sown and you have promised in your word, Lord, that those who sow those who give, those who are a part of that, Lord will receive the blessing and so we pray that over every person we pray God if there's any need in this building today financial God whatever that need might be we ask you to supply it according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus but help us to always remember the one who has blessed us and to remember to honor you with the first fruits of our increase we thank you now for this opportunity to bless the work of the Lord and pray you will bless gift and giver in Jesus name, amen. God bless you as you give. you, musicians, and thank you so much for giving today, and may the Lord bless you for it, and for those of you who are watching online today, we welcome you, and uh, some that are on vacation, and uh, some that might be at home, battling some things physically. I just want to say real quickly that it's good, I noticed over the last uh, little while that... Um, we picked up some more of our folks who've been out for quite a while and we just want to welcome all of you back and I'm always blessed when I watch these uh uh kids uh uh, Linnell and Bernie and all the rest of that group when they go out for JYC it's a good group and they're, they're growing and we thank the Lord for that it seems and we just bless the Lord for our kids and the ministries that are going on with them children's church and all of the others and thank God for all of our workers today. I want to um, ask you, if you will, to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. If you have your Bible with you, before you stand, though, I want to take a moment. I'm sure a number of them are not here right now, but those of you, there are a group of people that i just like to honor you today, and again, there are probably a number of them out, but there's a number of you, men and women, who come out here week after week and take care of this lawn, and it's a lot of lawn. It's a lot of mowing and they come out week after week volunteer their time if you're one of the mowers would you just stand for a second i just like to honor you and thank you for what you've done all during this summer don't be afraid to stand i know you don't want to take any uh unnecessary credit but i appreciate so much ladies and gentlemen who come out here in the hot i mean we've had some hot humid weather and they've been out here, and they have done a marvelous job. And I want to say thank you. Uh, over a course of the summer, there are multiple thousands of dollars that they have saved this church. And I thank you, and I want you to know that from the depth of my heart. Let's stand then for the reading of the Word. Hebrews chapter 11, one verse of Scripture, verse 7. Verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I want you to stay with me for a second here. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned. Of things they weren't seen yet. And he was moved with godly fear. And he prepared an ark for the saving of his household. I want to speak today. There are three words, action words, that I want to take out of that text. The words are warned, moved, and prepared. He was warned. He was moved, and he then prepared. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray, God, in this hour and season of time in which we live, and Lord, I have sensed and felt for some time, God, that you are getting your people ready for the things that are coming in front of us and before us they are now. And yet, Lord, we know that there are things coming that have yet to be seen, But we believe by the word of God, those things will take place, just as you said. And we want to be prepared. So God, I pray today that in this message, Lord, that all of us will accept what Noah accepted. That is God's warning, and that warning will move us, and that we will respond by being a prepared people. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Remember that Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Let's tie that together for a moment and we'll read the rest of it. But this is Hebrews eleven seven 7 tells us that Noah got a warning from God of something coming that had not been ever seen before. And that it moved him to fear and to action. And then the Bible says in Matthew 24, these are the words of Jesus that remind us that as it was in the days of Noah, so it also will be in the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah Entered the ark. They were doing normal stuff, living their lives, but living their lives as though nothing was going to happen. And did not know, verse 39 says, until the flood came and took them all away. Notice the next words so also will the coming of the Son of Man. According to Genesis chapter 6, and we preached on this several weeks ago, man was corrupt. The Bible says that every thought of his heart was only evil continually. God was completely fed up with the wickedness of the world. But the scriptures tell us that God saw man... That man was Noah. And it says in verse 8 of chapter 6 that Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. And so God gave Noah a plan. We will call it the plan of salvation. Because it was a plan given to him that would save his household and save anybody else that would accept it. It was a detailed plan about building an ark providing shelter. If you read the scriptures and some of you have been to that, uh, that representation of the ark down south, and some of you have been there, or maybe been uh, in it, seen it, what uh, that large thing is, and how huge it is, and how massive it is. If you read the book of Genesis, and you read the sixth chapter, you will find that God was very specific about the size of it, how everything was to be done, even down to how the animals were to be spared, and even to the point of providing food. It was meticulous and the Bible says that Noah received this word from God and he followed suit. He followed the word of the Lord. And the writer of the book of Hebrews includes Noah in the hall of faith. He's there as a man of faith. And I want us to look at this verse of scripture and I want us to look at it very carefully today. Let's look at it one more time. Hebrews eleven seven. 7. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen moved with godly fear prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness which is according to faith here's what i want you to see there are four four things in this verse that i want you to take notice of first of all the words by faith Noah, By faith. Everything that you will read in that verse comes out of faith. Comes out of a belief in God and a belief in what God has to say. Noah was a man of faith. The second thing I want you to notice is it says that he was divinely warned of things yet not seen. The third thing I want you to look at is that the scripture says he was moved with godly fear. And the final thing is he prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Let's look at that. Let's take each one of them. By faith Noah. He is a man of faith because he believes God's word. If God said it, it is so. And because he's a man of faith, he gets a word from God, and it is a divine warning from God. But it is a warning about something that no one has ever seen before. And Noah is being asked, instructed to believe something that's never happened before, and there is no way of even understanding how it might take place. It had never taken place before. The scripture says he was warned of things that were not seen as of yet. The flood was in the future. In fact, the flood from the time that Moses, uh, Noah gets this, is maybe a hundred years in the future. Future, And there were no visible signs of it. You have to realize that here is a people, they've never seen a rainstorm. And a man is hearing from God that there is going to be a flood that is going to cover the entire earth and all humanity except those in the ark will die. For about a century of time, there is no cal- no way to calculate how that's going to take place. Nobody has ever seen it. As you remember in reading the scriptures, the, the earth was uh, actually moisturized by dew, water coming up. But suddenly we get a word from God. This is something that's never happened before. But the Bible says, by faith Noah, Noah believed what God said, even though it looked like in Im- possibility and something that would never take place in the natural. And it affected his mind. He bought into it because God said it. God said, I don't understand it. I've never seen a flood. I've never seen a drop of rain fall from the sky. But if God said there's going to come a day when there's going to be a flood that's going to destroy the earth, then I believe it. I believe it because God said it. And that not only affected his mind, it affected his heart. For the scripture says he was moved with godly fear. Now we don't hear an awful lot about the fear of God anymore. We don't hear a lot about that. Now we ought to hear lots about the love of God. And we ought to hear lots about the grace of God. But we still need to hear something about the fear of God. The Bible said he was moved with fear. God spoke to him and said, this is what I'm going to do. And because he believed it, it brought within his heart a sense of fear, thinking about the terrible thing that was going to come on planet Earth. It brought fear to him, but not just fear about what was going to happen, but a godly fear because he believed that if God spoke it, God would bring it to pass. And so he feared it in the sense that he believed what God said enough to take action. Do you know the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. A godly fear. A godly fear. Not I'm shaking in my boots, but a fear, a respect, a reverence. This is God we're dealing with, the creator of the universe. This is God. When God speaks, he means what he says. And we believe it enough to be obedient to the Lord. And so we serve God with reverence and godly fear. So he was moved with fear. That's unlike the wicked. That's not like the wicked at all. In fact, the Bible tells us in Psalm 36 verse 1, here's what we read. An oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes. While while Noah was moved with godly fear, the population was not. The population didn't have God in its thoughts, remember? We talked about that weeks ago where their thoughts were evil continually. God wasn't in their mind. There was no fear of God. It didn't matter what anybody said about a coming judgment. They didn't care about that. They did not fear God. There was no fear of God. But in this man, Noah, there was a godly fear. He contemplated this. He thought about this, realized the ramifications of it, and it affected his will because he then did something about it. The Bible says after he was moved with godly fear that he did something about it. He didn't say, well, that's a great sermon. Let's preach a great sermon here. Get folks together and give them a great sermon. He did something about what God said. The Bible says he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Let's go back a minute. God spoke, he got a divine warning, this is going to happen. No, it's a long ways off, but it's going to happen. At that point, he didn't know how long it was going to be, but it's going to be a long time, but it's going to happen. And it moved this man with fear, thinking about that. People got to get ready. Something's coming, horrible. Well, it's got to start with my house. We got to be ready. It moved him with fear. And because it moved him w- with fear, it affected what he did. And the Bible said, as a result of that, that he, he prepared an ark. And the salvation that is being spoken about here was, for them, was preservation from the flood. It says, listen to what, this is what it says. Now, God told Noah this, gave him a, a very meticulous plan that was going to take decades to do. But it says in Genesis six twenty two, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Whatever God said, I believe you, Lord. If this is what I got to do, I'm going to do it. If God said it, you know, somebody said, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Nope. If God said it, that settles it, believe it or not. You don't have to believe it to settle it. If God said it, it's a settled issue, and he knew that, and the Bible said he did exactly what God said. He built that ark to specification. He did exactly what God did. He he worked. He sweated for something unseen. A flood was coming. Now, who believed that? Nobody had seen that before. How long did it take Noah to build the ark? Well, it, the Bible doesn't specifically say, but given years of uh, when we first see Moses, uh, Noah at 500 years and going in the ark at 600, it's assumed that it was 100 years. And, uh, and some even say 120 because of what was said in front of that when it says God's uh, spirit would not always uh, strive with man, but his years would be 120. So there's some that believe it was 120, but we'll, we'll go with the century. That's a pretty long time for a building project. A hundred years. And Noah did it according to all that God commanded him. For years. He's building an ark. I assume that his three sons-in-law helped him. I assume that the three sons I assume that the three sons helped him in working at this. But can you imagine? Can you imagine what that must have been like? As massive as the ark had to have been? That guy was taking up all the trees in the forest. Man, I'm telling you what, the tree huggers were going crazy. (laughs) You're going to destroy the environment. Well, it's going to get destroyed anyway. It's going under anyhow. Might as well build something to save somebody out of it. Can you imagine? This is going on year after year. This thing is being built. There's no sign of of water. There's There's never been a storm. What are you talking about? Can you imagine the ridicule that that man went through? But he kept on sawing, he kept on hammering and kept on pitching it with tar and working on it year after year after year after year. The Bible said he did everything God told him to do. You know somebody's really saved when they start doing what God told them to do, amen. I said when they start doing whatever God told them to do, you know they've got a good case of salvation. He was doing just what God said, ridiculed and mocked. I can imagine people talking about the old crazy man out there. This man telling us that there's going to be a flood. What's he talking about? No doubt they laughed at him. They mocked him. They made fun of him. Uh, Who knows? They might have even come painted graffiti on the side of the ark. I don't know. But I just know that they were mocking and they were making fun. And he was continuing to work. Continuing to work. And worked on his family while he was at it. And in this whole scene and scenario... What the people outside weren't understanding is that God was granting them grace. He was giving them a space of time. That's why this thing didn't happen overnight. God was giving them a space of time to get right with him, to have a change of heart. The Bible tells us, actually, this was done for their sake. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it, it, it absolutely refers back to this in verse 20 it says who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few that is eight souls were saved through water do you see what's happening here god is god is a gracious god and by the way the bible says that noah was a preacher of righteousness So he wasn't just building a boat, he's preaching. He got his podium out and he was preaching. He's telling people about the flood that's to come. He also had to support his family, also had to eat, also had to do everything that you and I have to do as far as living a life. He did it all and he obeyed God. He built this ark and he kept preaching, preaching about a storm, preaching about the judgment of God and all the time God was giving an opportunity for lost people to get right. And the Bible said how, because of what he did, he condemned the world. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that, that because of his obedience to God and his preparation for the flood, he showed his own wisdom against the foolishness of the world. That's how we condemn the world. He did the right thing. They did not. There was such a juxtaposition between what Noah did and what the world did. You could easily see that this man, without ever having to say it, was condemning the world because he was following God and they were not. Think about this a minute. Think about, the, the, again, the time frame. Think about the, the, the decades of time that are passing by as this massive structure is being built. And this man is preaching the word of God and they're not responding to it. And you know that when it was all finished, only one family was saved. One family. There were eight people. That's all humans. (laughs) You know, somebody said, Noah must have had a lot of faith because he let two termites get on that ark. Eight people. Room for so many more. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something. When this thing is all wrapped up and said and done, there's only one family going to be saved. That's the family of God. That's the only family that's going to be saved. It's not the Church of God, the Baptist Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Assemblies. It's the family of God. Those that are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I know everybody today says, well, you know, we're all the children of God. No, we're not. We're all the creation of God. But Jesus said some people are the children of the devil. Oh, my. Not politically correct, but it's the truth. Only one family made it. Second Peter two four tells us, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not, listen to this, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. It seemed impossible. It seemed unbelievable. It seemed crazy to have a man preaching for years and decades and telling people that a flood's coming when nobody's ever seen a flood. There's no flood coming. There's nobody ever heard of that. That's just nonsense. They ridiculed and they mocked. There's so much in the New Testament about that particular time in history. And God cared, but the Bible said that there came a point where God did not spare the ancient world. Are you okay to hear this today? Somebody said, well, Pastor, we'd really like a message on love. you getting it. This is a message about the love of God that gives you and me an opportunity to get right with him so we can make heaven our home. That's the love of God. It seemed impossible. And you know, I, I, I only can think about this in my mind, but the scripture doesn't give us all the detail. Obviously, the, we wouldn't have a room in this church for the Bible if every detail was given. But I can only imagine, because if, if you read the seventh chapter of Genesis as this flood begins, it, it, it appears that the, uh, the door of the ark was left open for seven days. There was a seven-day period in which somebody, if they'd have wanted to, could have said, you know what, maybe this old guy's right. Maybe we should walk up the old gang plank and get in the ark. And I can hear somebody say, You don't want to do that. You don't do that. It, the door's open, you can go anytime you want. Let's all head down to the bar. Come on. Let's let's have a few drinks. If you if this thing happens, then we'll we'll go get in when it happens. Did you realize that seven days later when when they got in the ark, Noah never shut the door. God did. The Bible says that the Lord shut him in. And how many know the Bible says when God shuts a door, no man can open it? So I personally see this flood beginning, this rain and the earth breaking open because the fountains of the deep were open. And I can see people running down to the ark. We want to get in now. Pounding on the side of the boat. Let us in. Come on, Noah let us in. But Noah couldn't let him in because it wasn't Noah that shut that door. It was God. Folks, listen to me. There is a day when the door is shut. I know we don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. Here's where we are right now. Here is where we are right now as it relates to this story. Listen to these words. In Second Peter chapter 3, verse three, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days. Do we not have them? Walking according to their own lusts, and saying, "Where's the promise of his coming? Come on, Noah. Where's the flood you've been talking about? You've been preaching that message for 43 years now, Noah. You've seen any water fall from the sky. You know it's not going to rain. Never has, never will. Scoffers will come saying, Where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully listen, notice this: willfully forget choose to forget this fact, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, One day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but it's long-suffering. He's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should... Listen, folks, if anyone of us, God forbid, but if any one of us lose our soul and end up in hell, it is not what God willed for us. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, but be assured. Here's what it says, verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come. The flood did come, folks. I said the flood did come. And I know there's a whole lot of folks today saying, that, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe the flood ever came. I don't know how this man could, how could a man build a boat like this? How could this, how could that? You're asking the wrong question. The right question is, why did it happen? It happened because of the wickedness of man. Oh, my goodness. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming day, the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? You see what's coming? The earth was destroyed that first time by water. The second time is by fire. But I love the next verse. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the cemetery and read from Revelation chapter 21 where God said, I make all things new. And the Bible talks about a new heaven, talks about a new earth, talks about a new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, talks about God wiping the tears from his people's eyes, us standing and being in the presence of the Lord forever. Folks, that's what we're looking for. Now, that's going to become a reality. I don't preach this every Sunday, but I did this Sunday. But this is going to be a reality, folks. And Jesus took this issue, the coming of the Lord, and tied it in a way for us to look back at what happened in Noah's day. And again, he says in Matthew 24, 38, For as in the days before the flood, before the flood, what were they doing? They were going about life, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So do you think Jesus knew what he was talking about? Do you, you think Jesus is guessing about this? you think he's thinking this might be how it's going to be? No, he said this is how it will be. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. People will be so busy with their everyday life, not even thinking about God, he's not in their thoughts. Getting saved, what is that? Do you realize that in your neighborhood today, most of the people didn't go to church? In your neighborhood unless you live in an extraordinary different neighborhood, then go to church. Less than 50% of the American people now go to church. Uh, Let me change that. Less than 50% go to any kind of religious service, including mosques, temples, and anything else. We are now an unchurched nation. I I just heard a statistic that Christian people go to church 2.7 times a month. We're just busy. We're just living our lives. We're just living our lives. That's what he said would happen. We get so busy living our lives, marrying and giving in marriage. Nothing wrong with that other than the fact that we've left God out. Now, somebody may leave here today and say, yeah, I don't believe what that guy's saying. That's fine. You don't have to. That's your choice. But let me give you the word of Jesus, and then you can take it up with him. In Luke twenty-one thirty-three, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. These are the words of Jesus. And remember early in the message, and I'm getting ready to close, early in the message I mentioned that the Bible says that Noah did according to all that God commanded him. There's where you know someone's really it's not those who say, Lord, Lord. There's a misunderstanding, and I want to make that clear. It's very simple and should be, and we'll make it that way in a few minutes, for anybody that wants to receive Christ and forgiveness of their sins. But to be a Christian, a follower of the Lord, it means you do what he says. None of us are perfect, but we—it's you just don't say a prayer and see you later in 20 years, I might think about you again, Lord. No, that doesn't work. That's not biblical. It's not scriptural. The great news for you is you don't have to prepare an ark. Thank you, Jesus. Man, if I had to build a boat, it wouldn't float. I know that. I already know. It's not going to float. It's sinking fast. It might have taken 100 years for Noah to build the ark, but for you and me, the ark's already built. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. When Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. Thank God the ark is finished. All you need to do and I need to do is walk up the old gangplank and say, Lord, I want to come in today. I want to come in. I want to be saved. I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I want to be saved from the wrath that's to come. So when do we do it? We do it today because we don't know about tomorrow. He wasn't a Bible writer, but Benjamin Franklin is credited with saying one day is worth a thousand tomorrows. One day is worth a thousand tomorrows because one day is the only day that we have, right? It's the only day that we know we have and we don't even know if we have all of it. We do know we have a day. And I want you to think back with me a moment and we're going to give an altar call here this morning. Of all the things that I would love to preach and minister and there's a lot out there and we will. The greatest need is for people to know Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of their sins to be ready for the coming of the Lord. We are told in the scriptures that this is how it was, and I just gave you a short synopsis of what it was like in Noah's day that people were so busy with everything else. That, and by the way, I mean, come on. Again, this is a message hard to believe. Come on. You heard from God. God said it's going it's to be a storm. I heard from God. He said, trust me, I've heard from God. I wouldn't be out here cutting all these trees down I wouldn't be out here sweating and working and laboring and doing what I'm doing if I hadn't heard from God. But I would wonder, would the people so hard? Didn't they see the animals walking into the ark? I'd be like, that's a strange phenomenon. I never saw that before. It's just strange happenings. We must be in the twilight zone. No, it was God, God's word. And brothers and sisters, I believe the book. I believe the book. And this is what God said was coming. This is what the Lord said. He said, it's going to come. The Lord is coming. And we believe that. And the Lord's catching his people. We know that away. We know that the earth, the Bible said, will melt with a fervent heat. Heavens as we know them will pass away. But there is a new heaven and a new earth. There's a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully adorned for her husband. There is tremendous description given to us in the book of Revelation, of the, even the foundations of that city and what it's going to be like. There will be no sickness, no pain, no sorrow, no death. There will be no crying for the former things have passed away. We're going to live If those that are there, we're going to live forever and ever in the sight and the presence of God. You will never have another back ache. You'll never have a back pain. You'll never have to wear glasses, hearing aids, or anything like that because it's all going to be perfect. I said it's all going to be perfect. Hallelujah! Come on back here. Thank you, Lord. But I have felt and sensed in my heart that What I needed to do, and I'm hoping that God will help me do it, is to try to speak to people to prepare themselves for this. I didn't, this is not shock and awe. This is just the word of God. But we don't, in a lot of places, we don't hear this anymore. We're so busy building up our self-esteem, et cetera. We, we've forgotten that our main problem is still sin. Still the main problem. Still the main issue. Not the only issue, but it's the, it's the number one issue. And it's the one that will keep us out of heaven. No matter how good you feel about yourself, that will get you into heaven. The blood of Jesus. Walking up that gangplank of faith and saying, God, I, I want to end the ark. The door is open today. God left that door open apparently for seven days. Seven days. That's a number of completion with God. Seven days. That door was left open. Just think about that. How many people could have gone in? How many people could have said, "Noah, you were right. I believe you. I believe what you preached." And I'd like to, if it's permissible, I'd like to get in the ark. They could have been saved. They could have been saved. There's a scripture that says, "The summer has ended. The harvest is past, and we're not saved." It's the worst thing that could ever be said. Bow your heads with me while you're seated there in Jesus name thank you Lord now folks I'm no one special today I don't have any special insight other than what God's word said just like anyone else in this room but I made a decision a long time ago to come into that ark and give my my life to Jesus to live for him to serve him and as much as I could to prepare an ark for the saving of my household I can't be their savior but I can do my best to prepare an atmosphere, prepare whatever I can do that they can make a choice to serve God, to serve the Lord as far as I know today down to my youngest grandchild, they're all serving God and I'm thankful for that, but I didn't save one of them, each one of them had to make a trip up that gangplank and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you in my soul. I want you to save me. I want you to forgive me of my sin. Folks, I want to give you that same invitation today. Same invitation that Bible says that Noah preached all this time and it was God. God caring enough about the people, forbearing and giving them time. Goodness, God was already fed up with the sinful world as we read there in the sixth chapter but he gives another hundred years and I know people are saying well you folks have been talking about the coming of the Lord ever since there's been a church you're right and we'll keep doing it because the promise will be fulfilled it's up to you to believe that I can't make you believe it I wish I could I can't you have to make that decision for yourself. I want to take just a minute. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if there's if there's some of you in here that would say, Pastor, this is the day that I really want to make sure that I'm in that ark. I don't want to even guess about it anymore. I want to make sure today. and I want to know that Jesus is my Savior today. Would you just slip your hand up wherever you are and keep it up for just a few minutes? seconds if you will across this room and as I almost always say I'm not calling anyone's name and not pointing you out to anyone not pointing you out to anyone at all but I'm asking if there, if you're here because I want to pray with you I want you to receive Jesus into your heart and life if you put your hand up would you put it back up for just a second it's dark for me to look out there where you are so I would give you an opportunity give you an opportunity thank God over here, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Could we stand together? I've done this many times, and I don't know how many more times I might do this, but I want to. I want to pray with you, and I want to lead you in a prayer. I want everybody to, so we're not singling anybody out in particular. All of you to pray with me, even if you're saved a hundred years. Help somebody else that needs to know Jesus. And I want you to mean this from your heart. It's not all that difficult. It's repenting of our sins, turning to Christ, asking him to come in and believing that he died on the cross for us and confessing him as our Lord and our Savior. Now listen, everybody that's around you saved today, they all started that way. They may have forgotten that, Like me, it's been a long time. They may have forgotten that, but it it was that simple kind of prayer that brought every one of them to Jesus. Whether it happened in a church or in a home or in a bar room or wherever they came in contact with Jesus, they opened their heart. That's how we all got started. So let's go back to the beginning right now. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I've come short of your glory. But I believe you died to cover my sin. And I ask you today to forgive every sin that I have ever committed. Wash me clean. Take my sin away. As far as the east is from the west. Buried in the sea of forgetfulness to never be remembered against me again. Wash me clean. Give me a brand new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Help me from this moment forward to walk this walk, to live this life, to stay close to the side of Jesus. Create in me a clean heart and a right spirit renew within me today. I thank you for hearing my prayer, for answering my prayer, and accepting me today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. amen. To God be the glory. 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 Hallelujah. I would like for a few minutes to open this altar. We're not having a Sunday night service this evening. I'd like to open this altar up. If there's someone, if you pray that prayer, and you just want to, God, I'd like to just come forward to seal it in, as it were. Just seal the deal. That You don't have to, but if you feel that, I want you to do it. But it may be some others of you who are saying, Pastor, right now you've brought to my attention people I have on my heart, loved ones I have that I want to see in the ark. I want to see them in that ark. Why don't you come and call their name before God for just a few moments here in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Tara, before you sing that song, go over and get the red box, if you will. It's in the communion room. We're going to bring the red box out. Their names in there have been put in for years. Some of them have already been saved. At least one maybe two have already gone to heaven that were put in that box to be saved. And we've been bringing it out on special occasions. We brought it out just a, a few weeks ago at our, our prayer service and we're going to bring it out. To, I just feel like doing that. And if you want to come and just uh, lay your hand on it just as a point of contact for every name that's written in that box. We want to see them saved. We want to see them graciously born again. You might have sons and daughters away from God. Don't give up on them. Don't think because they've rebelled and they're not listening to you that, that they're beyond hope. They're not beyond hope because God's Holy Spirit can reach them. God's Holy Spirit can touch them. Don't you dare give up on your child. Don't you give up on your brother, your sister. Don't you dare give up on them. The devil is a liar. The blood of Jesus is sufficient. Do not give up on them, but believe that God answers prayer and God will answer prayer today in the name of Jesus. Let's pray together. Sing and let's pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy
0: Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. come to the end of yourself. Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling
1: Church, if I could just take a moment as we're finishing up praying here today, I just feel like I want to share a testimony with you, Um, just of the goodness of God and his mercy in our lives, and and how when we dedicate our lives to him and give our lives to him, that he orders our steps, and uh, I'm going to ask my oldest son, Alec, if he'll come here for a moment. So several years ago, um, well, if we just go way back. (laughs) uh, When Alec was born, um, he was just a teeny tiny little peanut. (laughs) And he struggled with uh, colic. And dear Lord, we didn't sleep for like three years. (laughs) Because he didn't sleep for three years. And um, then when he turned five... And we were getting ready for kindergarten. That's when we found out about his hearing impairment. And that was devastating for me as a mom to think that my son was going to have a harder road than other kids. But we never raised him that way. (laughs) We always told him it was the same as having glasses. (laughs) And we always told him he could do anything that anybody else could do. And you've pretty much done everything everybody else can do. And um, so then um, you know that he, many of you know the story of him working at Weaver's Markets for a while, but now he's at Shady Maple, so he's been redeemed. I'm just kidding. Weaver's is good, but everybody knows if you go to Reamstown Church of God, you got to shoe in at Shady Maple. But um, but anyway, um, but he was working at Weaver's Markets um, and He had decided, um, we had looked at schools, and Alec is very gifted. If you've ever seen some of his shows, he is gifted in sports broadcasting. That's definitely what God has gifted him in doing. And so um, he had been working at high school on on the, the TV program in the high school, doing sports announcing and other stories, and he had decided we had made a list of all the schools that that um, do sports broadcasting, not just broadcasting, but sports broadcasting. And we narrowed it down to the University of North Texas because, well, it was the cheapest. And so it was the cheapest, and it put him in Texas, which is where he wanted to be because, as you know, we are Cowboys fans and avid Cowboys fans. And so he wanted to be down there. And so he was working one day at the register. A man came through his line wearing a UNT hat in Adamstown, Pennsylvania, what in the world, and got to talking, and Alec has already had him for a class, he's one of his professors, <laughs> and he'll be having him again this semester for another class, but God, divine appointment, that that meeting with them, and, and he helped Alec, and we went down and visited with him, and we visited the college, and Hank has been a huge source of support to us, I believe God put him in our lives for a purpose, and uh, and we we got down there. And so you all know that story. And then then I asked you to pray because he was auditioning for shows and, and and being on the sports show. And he got on the sports show his freshman year and and literally did almost every show, which no freshman is supposed to do. And uh, and then COVID hit and he had to come home and he made the choice to come home for a semester. So he missed a semester. And so, you know, OK. All right. So anyway, he's a, he's ahead a semester. He's now a second semester junior. And it's time for him to get ready for his internship. He needs to do an internship before he graduates. And most of you know that his dream internship is with the Dallas Cowboys. And so early in the spring, he kept calling me and I kept saying, Alec, have you talked to anybody yet? And he's like, no, mom. He's like, they're, they're just not, they're not easy to get right now with COVID. You can't get internships. And, um, and I was like, okay, well, we'll just keep praying. And a Cowboys representative was supposed to come to Hank's class, and Alec was going to get an opportunity to talk to him. Well, guess what? He didn't come because the school hosted the NIT, is that what it's called? Whatever, it's basketball game. And uh, so, but they hosted a basketball game. That class never, that guy never got to come. So Alec never got to meet him. And we were just like, wow, what is going on? And so, but through, through the Lord and through the, our relationship with Hank and everything, he made a few phone calls. And I'm proud to say that August the 10th, Alec will be an intern with the Dallas Cowboys. So, so whether or not you like the team, the fact is that when you dedicate your life to the Lord, and I've taught the boys this from the beginning, he opens doors for you. And he makes ways for you that you cannot do on your own. And he puts people in your lives. And I want to tell you, if you've made a choice today to, to give your life to Jesus Christ, it isn't just the ark of safety that he gives you, but he gives you an arc of his covering. He gives you a covering over your life. And he will order your steps. And he will open doors that could have never opened on your own. And he will do things for you that you never thought possible. But I do want you to pray for him because... It's a secular organization, obviously. I've already, I didn't tell him this, but I've already been praying that every Christian that works for the Dallas Cowboys will be in Alex's area (laughs) and be with him. And uh, we'll encourage him and help him in his walk with the Lord. Um, But I ask you to pray for him, that the Lord would use him there, and it would be just a springboard for him. I believe God has great things for him. He has great things for all of us, great things for your kids. If your kids are in college and they're stepping out, I believe that. I know uh, it hasn't always been an easy road for us. We've had our setbacks, but we always make a comeback, don't we? And so I'm thankful for that. God's had to supply the money every year, and we're praying again for that. But we know that if God, I told him the other day, he was getting so stressed out about money for school. And I said, Alec, God hasn't failed us yet, has he? And he said, no. And I said, then we're going to stop right now. We're going to pray because he isn't going to fail us now. And so I just thank God for that. I thank God for Becky Steffi for faith. I don't know if she's here today, but God made a way for her. That girl's got a scholarship now. So we just thank God. He's so good to us. So thank you for praying. Continue to pray. Be encouraged. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right, Brother Aaron, you want (laughs) to close this thing out?
3: (laughs) Wow. I mean, like, who wants to close a service like this going on? Call me up here to close this. But anyway, being a Dallas fan, I... I congratulate you, uh, Alex. So uh, I guess we're going to be winning the Super Bowl this year. Alex? I don't know. Look, okay. Anyway, uh, Tara went over the stuff in the the bulletin. I don't even have a bulletin with me right now, but, you know, we have a lot going on, and if you just want to look in the bulletin for it, you can find out all the things that are going on. We really need people to come and be in service. Uh, Last week, they gave me an opportunity to close, and I get to close again this week, and then i will be back next week, but uh, I talked last week a little bit about our leaders and, and what they've done through COVID and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I want to continue with that. You know, Tara talked about Pastor not being able to sleep last night, and when I went in and saw him this morning, he talked to me about it too. You know, <clears throat> I want you to know that all, all our leaders, including Pastor, Pastor Joel, Pastor Tara, the worship team, Everybody that is in service of God and doing what God wants them to do is constantly under attack. And we need to pray for our leaders constantly that, um, that we rebuke the evil one. We rebuke the devil. We rebuke the devil in their lives. You know, we can't even imagine uh, the kind of attacks that they go through because they're in the service of God. And the three things that Pastor talked about today about Noah. <clears throat> We have Noah's right here in the church because it's by faith, pastor, by faith, pastor, Tara, by faith, the worship team. They do what God asked them to do. They are moved with godly fear. They prepare. I mean, pastor prepares all week. The the worship team comes in here. So we have a lot of Noah's in in, in our church here, and that's because they're doing things for the saving of this household, which is God's household. And which is all of us is a part of that. So, and, and last week, Pastor talked about always putting the Lord before yourself. So I don't know if anybody practiced that this week, but if we put the Lord before ourselves, things like this continue to happen in our church. Our church is blessed. Uh, I felt God's presence here today. I can't always come in and say that I felt his presence, but when all the people came down to the altar and I was standing, I mean, you, you feel God's presence here And God is working in our church, Uh, God is working in our church. So, put God before you this week. Think about God all day, you know, I I pray for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but it's like you said, he's gonna come like a thief in the night, and he's gonna take those that that are ready, and if you're not ready, he's not gonna take you. I don't know if you saw that movie, there's a couple movies that, you know, boom, Christ came and took those, and some of those that didn't go were pastors and people that were working in the church. So if you're you're not prepared, it's time to get prepared because the signs of the times are here. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this service. I thank you for your message. Ask that you carry it in our hearts today and all through the week. Help us to put God first always in our lives, and not just in the beginning of the day, but in the middle of the day. Every minute of the day, we ask that God be in every aspect of everything we do. We thank you, Lord, for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for all your sacrifices, Lord Jesus. We love you, and we give you all the glory and honor and praise for everything that goes on in this church. Protect our leaders, protect our pastors, protect our worship team, protect all those that are in service, our teachers, our students. Protect us, Lord Jesus. Put your loving arms of protection around this entire church and any church that preaches in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and your word, Lord Jesus. We ask for protection. We thank you and we give you all the glory and honor and praise. in your name I pray, amen.